0: Welcome, everyone. This is Plant Therapy. Live coming at you each week well almost each week anyway uh, my name is Ray
1: and I'm Pache
0: and we're back with you again with some more beautiful cannabis driven conversation uh, once again Uh, just a reminder we are live on Twitch and YouTube and you can always visit us at www.plantherapy.live for our links on Spotify and iHeartRadio if you're a first-time listener and a beginner grower be sure to go back and listen to season one lots of good information there uh, but once again, our links to everything are on planttherapy.live. Pache, we have some new listeners popping up on the map again. Love seeing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we also have a lot of repeat listeners as well, which tells me that people uh, are liking the content and uh, and liking the show. So that's been uh, very positive. But we have a new continent on the map. All right. What's going uh, on? Uh, Australia. Oh, boy. Welcome, we Australia. Have, yeah, we have some listeners in Australia popping up here now. So that makes three continents, five countries, uh, and tons of uh, cities and small towns. Uh, we see Detroit. We see Colorado out there. We see Alberta finally on the map. Let's get fired up together and burn one down. What do you say about that? I like it. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, and oh, we didn't have a pot. Oh yeah, and we didn't Joint have phase. a pop Right. Are you done? Absolutely. (laughs) We didn't have a podcast last week, uh, as everybody knows at this point. Um, We just couldn't get Chris connected. Uh, We spent over an hour together um, trying to get him into the studio uh, virtually uh, and get that working. Um, And, you know, we've kind of come to find out that it's not so user-friendly. But we're working on something on the back end. So we're going to have to put that on hold. Uh, for now, but, you know, that doesn't stop uh, a, a good time here. So it's been a couple of weeks, uh, Pache, since we've had a update from you. I'm very curious to know where you stand with your um, Purple Kush and your main lining, and I know you've been uh, struggling a little bit in the beginning with some pests, uh, so let me have it. What's going on?
1: Well, so I will give a little bit of a rundown here. So I started this these Purple Kush, four Purple Kush seeds uh, back in mid-July. And so we are into week 11. So this is a long veg cycle. So my goal here is I'm looking at filling up my 5 by five tent. Uh, the light I have is a um, it does a five by fly, a five by five veg and a four by four flower. Um, so, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be about a four, four and a half by four and a half uh, canopy. So, um, it's a long process. Uh, a lot of people would be well into, well into their flowering cycle uh, by now. And I still have a ways to go. So, I've topped it three times already. I've topped it uh, at week number four, week number seven, and week number 10. So, it was just topped a a week ago, and I already see uh, three nodes. Two clear nodes, the third node is visible. Um, So, I have my light probably about 30 to 33 inches above the canopy, so it's still pretty high, and it's only at about 60%. So, the reason I don't have it turned up as much as I was in my previous grows is I'm looking to make the plant stretch more than it has. Um, Now, it's also a bit of a challenge because I've also changed strains. Um, So this is my first time growing Purple Kush. So I'm getting to know this plant um, uh, and this strain. So it's gonna be uh, an interesting challenge going through it the first time, but I'll, uh, I'll look back at my notes when I grow it a second time and I'll be able to be better prepared. Right, exactly. So, uh, but what I've noticed is over the past couple of weeks, my runoff when I measure my runoff, the pH is uh, is quite low. So my concern here is if the runoff is too is indicating that the the pH is too low, then I'm worried that the plant might not be absorbing some of the nutrients that it needs because there's a, a certain range that the pH has to
0: has to be in. So Yeah, and for for those that may be listening, that range is usually for people growing in a soilless mixture is usually between like 6 and 6.5. That's when most <clears throat> of your nutrient uptake uh, occurs. There there are charts that we've talked about uh, that, that are accessible online, but um, most, most nutrient uptake occurs between 6 and 6.5. Go ahead. Absolutely. And uh, so what I do is I am at the high end.
1: So I go up to a 6.9, maybe even a 7.0. Um, because I have that low pH issue, and so I'm trying to raise the the s- soil pH, and so I'm adding lime. I'm adding lime to uh, the surface of each of the plants, and then I'm I'm adding the uh, the water or the the feed afterwards.
0: Yeah, when we were getting together to kind of talk about this a little bit before we came on, right? It's like, I just want everybody to to know here, we're, I, it, we're really trying to get to the bottom of something that's happening here because, like, it's a little excessive, right? Um, and Maybe that's a symptom of this ocean forest soil, um, you know, that you've been kind of using here or whatever, but... It, it, Generally speaking, I don't really recall a lot of people having like such high pH swings, right, with the runoff. Um, So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. I mean, you're not really having any side effects, right?
1: Not this time. Um, So this is my third time, my third grow using this type of soil. Um, And this is the first time that I haven't really seen any deficiencies like I had before. Um they there's a nice beautiful rich green. Um all the plants all the leaves look fine. Um when I prune uh the leaves off I make sure I check the underside, you know, um the, the spots that you can't really see very well. Um yeah, so everything is looking good and I added uh, now I did see some uh some small white flies, so that's a new pest. Um so I'm hoping that they're all gonna be dying off as the weather gets colder. So I added some more diatomaceous earth uh, onto the top. So we'll see if that helps. It has helped in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it has been, like I said, a long veg cycle. So I am in week number 11. Uh, I, I would say it's going to be uh, another topping. Another topping is going to occur in probably at less than a week and so once that happens i'm going to be ready to put the trellis net up and start growing all the bud sites sideways and i'm going to be looking at filling that canopy up across the, the trellis and hopefully that's how i'm going to pull off another pound and a half and one and a half grams per watt and uh yeah hopefully i'm going to be able to outperform the last one uh, the last strain but going strain to strain and comparing them like that it's really Challenging because you know purple Kush might uh, produce a lower yield than the White Widow. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty much what's up with me right now. What's going on with you?
0: Ooh, well, you know it's been a couple of weeks. The last time we um, we had done a show, uh, we were on I think it was day fifty six. I think it was the last time we were on the air, two weeks ago. And then um, last week we actually did harvest. Now, I probably could have pushed it another week, um, but I didn't because I had cut the nutrients off, um, you know, basically two weeks prior to that. And I didn't want to push um, the plants into, you know, undue stress. Right, no sense having
1: three weeks of flushing instead of two
0: Right, but noted, of course, for next run for sure. Yeah. Um, but just really, um, you know, took us basically to about day fifty, or day sixty-three, I think it was. Um, but. We got uh, a considerable a considerable amount this time compared to last time. We we pretty much doubled uh, our, uh, our you know between runs, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I did struggle a little bit with powdery mildew, as everybody knows. That's been paying attention, uh, and that was a battle throughout the entire crop's uh, life. But you know we prevail, and that's what we do. We set out to finish, and we finish. Uh, it's not always you know rainbows and lollipops, but uh, you know we get in there no, I deep and, uh, <laughs> and put put the work in and uh, and we can finish so uh, you know that's exactly what happened here but I tried something new this time I've uh, been reading some thingies on the Weber nets and whatnot and so here's what I did this time Baja you're gonna like this one so when I when I cut all the branches off the plants I actually I, I filled a sink up with uh, with some just you know Luke cool water if you will not so, so cool but not lukewarm uh, mm-hmm. and I, I took each each group and I just basically dunked them a couple of times in the water um, before I uh, laid them out to, uh, to to start trimming. And I'll tell you what an experience. Um, didn't have to clean the scissors once. Mm, nice. Didn't have, didn't have to stop once to clean scissors the entire time. Nothing was sticky. We could completely handle everything. There was no stickiness to anything whatsoever. It was absolutely a wonderful experience. Um, So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. I might not necessarily do it all the time. Um, I'm a big fan of scissor hash. That's one of my favorite things to do while in trim jail. So, um, you know, uh, more scissor hash, the better for me. But I did want to try it because it was something I read about and didn't really get a chance to put it uh, to use. But uh, we did. I got to trim with my mother. Um, so that yeah, was quite. A, <laughs> that must have been an experience. Oh yeah, that was. A, it's a great experience. <laughs> you know, she's just as much uh, into all this stuff a, a, as we are. So we're kindred uh, spirits in that way and share a lot in common. But we were able to um, d- to sit and, and uh, pretty up the flowers, and she enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, so, so that who was Who quite... the nicer buds? You or her? Oh well, of course me. Of course me. <laughs> Would she agree? No, probably not. <laughs> <There we are. laughs> probably Hi. not. But, um, you know, we st- stunk out the house. Uh, so that was fantastic. And uh, once we got that uh, all looked after, the very next day I went in and did an amazing cleaning job, um, start to finish, changed my HBS bulb boat. Uh, that was the second grow on that bulb, so I had a backup ready. Um, I swapped them out just because HPSs will tend to lose their um, you know, lumen output over time. Although they still may fire up, they, they may not be as efficient. So uh, I tucked that away as a backup bulb in case I need one, and we switched over to a new one. So um, blue skies ahead for what I've got going on there now. I was able to get the room cleaned, able to get the room filled back up again. And let me tell you, it's jammed in there now. We've got uh, three White Widow. Um, coming and one mint chocolate chip, although it's not my most, um, you know, not, not the combination I would have liked to have chosen the most. It's just sometimes things go in a different direction. So either way, this will be the very last time that that white widow, uh, is grown moving forward. I'm going to be focusing exclusively on the mint chocolate chip, but that you really really like that. eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. It's, um, Incredible. We'll get more into that. Uh, I feel like I just got so much to say at this point, um, but uh, we'll get more into that at, at another time, how I really feel about it and w- what it's like. It's been a great experience. I'll share some pictures of it. I'm sure people are very curious to see what it looks like and uh, what we've been raving about uh, here, so we'll definitely do that. Um, But, you know, cleaning was really the name of the game. Uh, That neem oil has really kept um, the new batch of plants, uh, no powdery mildew, knock on wood, uh, none whatsoever it is completely eradica- eradicated from this point forward will that stay let's see as we move but um, took the opportunity to clean out uh, the reservoirs um, for those that uh, haven't listened to any episodes prior I have th- three reservoirs basically one for vegetative growth one for flowering and one for uh, the dehumidifier water so uh, it gives me the ability to kind of capture that and not have to empty the uh, the well so often but uh, had a chance to clean those out uh, get them um, fired back up again i like to use the reservoirs because i use beneficial bacteria to help me avoid root rot when i do eventually use the water so i like to give those colonies a chance to uh, you know um, get moving and, and start reproducing um, and you know i'm going to be looking at uh, seriously looking at getting a spider <coughs> farmer light here uh, Pache, in the uh, the next little while so that's kind of been exciting i've been reading some comments and just kind of looking at the different models so uh, I'm um, very, very happy to kind of think about that.
1: Excellent. Well welcome. I uh I think it'll be a good move for you. I well, you know where I stand on them. I I, I don't yeah. I haven't used it anybody else really, um, but I, I love I love mine, so
0: it's really difficult to read a bad review. And then when you do read a bad review you get that feeling like it's written from the competition because they know they're getting destroyed. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, I
1: mean, everything seems to be quality with this uh, with this company.
0: Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So with this light, pretty, I don't know about the company, but this light for sure. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up my update for this week. It's time for question of the week. <laughs> Where's this coming from? <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: nice so i've been uh, in a few of the gardening groups on facebook uh, recently and one of the questions that i've been seeing quite a bit lately is when do i harvest it's that time of year when all the outdoor growers are seeing their big buds and everybody's wondering when is that perfect time to harvest
0: and, you know, I'm in a lot of these groups, too, and that's the question. I mean, come everybody's saying, is this done? Is it done? Is it done? Do I harvest? Is it my first time? Do I harvest? Right? So, I mean, that has been, you know, we had other ideas for the show, but because so many people out there are asking this question, why not have a show dedicated to it?
1: Right? Absolutely. It's like having the uh, the young child in the backseat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, we're going to give you uh, a non-technical answer and then a more technical answer. So, on the non-technical side, I tend to look for when the hairs turn orange and curly. So hang on, I'm going to bring up a little picture. So right here, and those of you that don't have uh, any video capabilities, I just have a picture, a close-up picture of a bud, and a lot of the pistols are white, but I would say about 40% are um, orange and some of them are beginning to curl up. So I can tell at this point, it's starting that cycle and it's going to start um, getting bigger and building. The pistils is going to start building on top of each other and stacking. Um, and then I also look for when the fan leaves begin to yellow and the plant is hopefully consuming itself and using up the remaining nutrients left in the plant material. And you also have to know what you're looking for. You know, do you need to push the envelope and maybe go for longer maturity and higher yield, but are you going to run the risk of mold and, or bud rot, you know, or are you looking for a nice light high that allows you to remain you know, a bit productive? Um, so if so, you might want to harvest sooner than later. I mean, environment is really the key, and you're going to be one. You're going to be looking at the weather network, and if the air is warm and dry, you might want to keep going. And if the air is wet and cold, well, you may feel the need to pull those ladies out of the ground before other bad things happen. Ray, do you have any thoughts on uh, on this?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I do have a couple of thoughts actually my you know, my very first uh, thought here for for those outdoor growers is just you know it's a game right it's like at least on the east coast I mean, if you're in the west coast and you're listening to this part you're probably not even going to understand fully what we're talking about because the air is so dry in the west. Um, But on the East Coast, I mean, you know, you never or very rarely as an outdoor grower get a chance to let your plants fully mature outdoors, right? It's not, it it is definitely not all, um, you know, blue skies there. It's difficult. You usually get into playing a game of, you know, checking the plants, seeing a little bit of bud rot starting, you know, seeing more. And then it gets worse and worse and worse as the days move on. Uh, so, you know, you get to that point where if you're going to wait a full 60 days or 65 days, there'll be nothing left by the time you hit that point, right? So so you you play a constant game uh, trying to weigh loss versus, you know, quality and try to find kind of that happy happy medium, if that kind of makes sense.
1: Absolutely. And some people will get out there first thing in the morning as early as they can and sort of give the, uh, the plant a little bit of a shake and get some of that dew off. Um, if you have that ability absolutely
0: yeah absolutely but once that air hits 100 percent humidity it you know really yeah, doesn't that's matter right. that's the thing it's uh you know and it's just something we all struggle with here we've talked about how to kind of avoid that in other shows so we won't go too uh, in in depth uh, on that but yeah it boils down for each outdoor grower um you know a, a little game of 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 loss versus you know quality <laughs> um there was one strain oh geez and sometimes i wish uh wish b was here um to remind me but there was one strain we grew one time that had these rock hard buds outdoors man and they went to early flower and everything else was rotten around it everything like and we used advanced nutrients that year like the full lineup went full out spent like you know almost a thousand dollars on nutrients and we had these huge huge like we were celebrating you know when we went to check on the plants jumping up and down couldn't believe it right and then uh all of a sudden that whole grow for the most part derailed and we only ended up with a very small portion and it and it it derailed fast but while this was happening there was one strain um and geez, it's just really escaping me now we purchased it from a breeder uh over in europe somewhere and uh let me tell you (laughs) i wish i wish i could remember it um holy grail it was holy grail it was called i'm gonna have to gonna have to make note of that because it's something i'd like to play with again in the future but it was called holy grail and i think it was by sam sarah seeds um so for anybody out there listening that ended up being uh uh, just a lightning bolt in a um you know in, in a grow that was really crumbling down so um, just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit, but you know, there's a big question here, right? Um, and it's something I kind of wanted to ask in the very beginning when, when we started talking about this question of the week, and that is, you know, when to really count when you're into flowering, right? Absolutely. How do you do How do you do it?
1: So now I do indoors. Um, so I control when the flowering cycle begins and so I end the veg cycle with um, usually 36 hours of complete darkness. And that's the stress trigger to the plant that, hey, you're about to start dying, so get your shit together. Start flowering. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so after 36 hours of darkness, I uh, I start my 12, 12, 12 hours of light, 12 hours of darkness, and uh and that's when i start my count so once i complete that next day so that's day one um and i'll look at the breeder and the breeder will say for example um, 55 to 65 days and my first grow i didn't know what i was doing so i sort of targeted six, day 60 right in the middle um, and then i sort of reversed engineered the timeline and i knew i wanted to uh, flush for fourteen days, so I needed to start flushing around day forty-six. So I needed to sort of keep keep track, and once it got into day forty, I would say that's when I was started checking the trichomes, and you know making sure that the, all the clear and glassiness had uh, had disappeared, and I was dealing with just cloudy, opaque, uh, or possibly even ambering. But at that point, it wasn't ambering; it was just. Uh,
0: mostly opaque
1: um yeah so that's that's sort of when i start
0: so basically you you count day one of flowering after your lights turn on after their initial 36 hour dark
1: yeah 36 hours of darkness lights come on after the first 24 hours that's
0: day one okay so you know i realize that 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 people view this differently, right? Because when I look at the, some of this information online, a lot of people say, "Well, it's day one from from when you w- when you um, w- when you change your your light cycle." But I beg to differ. You know, I feel differently about that, and and I do because. Um, some some genetics don't you know don't go initially go into flowering right away. Some some go quick. Some go really. Some can take up to you know ten days, two weeks before you really start to see the first signs of flowering. So I've always been of the stance that you know count the uh, the first day of flowering when you first start to see the first growth of the pistils, uh, or if you've had pre pre pistol showing in vegetative growth, which does happen, especially the longer you veg, you can have your hair show prematurely. I run into that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, you know, the best way to, uh, to, kind of judge that for me is when you can identify the start of the flower first starting to grow. That's when I count my first day. Uh, so that's interesting, right? when I think about the discrepancy beti- between, you know, the two views that could be anywhere from six days to 14 days of a difference. So, you know, I'd be curious to know exactly what everybody else thinks out there. You know, they can certainly, um, you know, talk about it on our Facebook page, uh, plant therapy live, um, on the website uh, itself. But, but I'm curious to know what everybody else thinks. And, um, you know what the breeders are kind of using right because i've always done it my, the, the way i just described um it was only recently that i had realized that that other people were um you know doing it just from from, from day one of the light cycle change so absolutely, uh, and very interesting
1: um so do you because i hear some people like to do a a transition into flowering so for example you are doing an eight hours of light and then you do 17 hours of light, then 16 hours, 15 hours, 14, 13, then down to 12.
0: I've heard of people doing it. Um, I've never really done it. You know, you just make the the quick tr- switch. Yeah. Cause I mean, it works, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I, I'm just curious if, if there, if anybody has experience with that, um, you know does it tell the plants and or give the plants more of a feeling like hey something's going on
0: and then i was like oh yeah listen
1: yesterday i I noticed the days are now getting shorter
0: yeah i i my my main concern would be number one unless you've actually grown this exact same plant Hmm. using two different techniques then you'd never really know it'd be just conjecture right i wish i had a big
1: set up. wouldn't that be great
0: but i would say this you know that's one of those types of things that if it's not broken don't fix it and i would definitely think that just going initially to 12 to 12 would um you know give that that plant all the sensory um you know those stress stuff that, it needs. that it, wants, that it needs. <laughs> yeah to initiate flowering um i just you know i could be i could be wrong on that but i just can't in my head see the benefit to just layering it into flowering right it's the type of thing you just want to get the flowers start to grow get yourself on your program move forward and get those that stuff dried and in the paper where it belongs right absolutely Uh, here's a picture of what are you showing on the screen here Uh, so
1: this was one of my buds when it was getting close to harvest time pache yeah so this is one of my buds when it was just close to harvest time and uh Mm -hmm. It was getting nice and frosty. And this is the device that I use to check the trichomes. So this is a little Wi-Fi um, digital microscope. Uh, I like that. It's USB. It's a handheld. Put it in your pocket. It's uh, 50 to 50 times to 1,000 times magnification, 1080p. Um, love it. So it's fantastic, you know.
0: Yeah, I love it i got more of a handheld one and it does work but it's really like really sensitive you know what i mean it's really it takes me sometimes three and four or five minutes to actually get a good view on what i'm looking at um i i may be going back to the to the drawing board online and be looking at something a little more um like what you have there where'd you get that at uh just amazon nice yeah um, um, it, it takes the, so
1: to get one good picture. Sometimes I'll have to take three or four or five um, pictures because it's so sensitive. And you're standing there; it's not really on a stand, um, mm-hmm. so you're kind of swaying, and you know a little bit of swaying to you. Well, once you've got magnification, you know, five hundred times, it's
0: uh, there's a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So they can be tricky to operate, but that's what you're using, right? To check that. So is this photograph taken from it?
1: Yes. Nice. All these trichome photos are taken from that little device. Nice. And so you can see the the amber. A lot of the mm-hmm. trichome
0: heads are have turned amber. Yeah. I like it. Very nice. Yeah. So you know and people that have jewelers loops right or if you don't have one and you constantly play the game of when to harvest i mean i do suggest you get one um jewelers loops can be pretty cheap just the manual ones i think anything with a 20x or 40x magnification um should do so you don't necessarily need something that's uh really fancy and gives you um you know the ability to see you know so high um what you see on the screen here is enough even a little less than that would be enough um but not everybody has one right i mean i I get that right um and years and years and years ago you know cannabis has been grown for a very long time i'm sure not everybody's had them over the years um they're you know, although I've never really tried to do it. I guess I did in the beginning. When I first started growing, I, I did kind of go by hairs. You know, that was before I, I had all of the information uh, available. Um, but, you know, definitely uh, the way to go on this is by using a microscope. But um, I did a little research to see what the Internet was saying, right, prior to uh, coming on with you here tonight, uh, Pache, just to see what people have been saying about hairs. All right. Right? Well, like, like I say, so have used it a little bit in the past, in the very beginning. I do consider kind of judging hairs as a little bit primitive, but sometimes you have to do it, right? So if you're stuck you and you just you can't have. get one, you work with what you have, right? Um, so they say, you know, those white pistols they're usually white in the beginning. And in the very beginning, if you don't oh. handle your your flowers as they're growing very much, if you don't touch them, <clears> they'll <throat> kind of grow straight up. Right, straight up in the air, and those are your your you know premature pistols, if you will. Um, so what we're talking about is when those pistols or hairs uh, that are growing out of the flower, when they start to change from um, from a white color to a dark uh, or amber kind of color, um, that's what we're talking about. But it's not just about the color too, right? It's about those hairs kind of starting to 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 get a little bit smaller and curl under. Uh, and they would kind of start to reduce themselves down to the surface of the flower. Um, you know, so we have to kind of take that into consideration, not just the color. Um, and they do say online that when about 70% or 70% to 90% of the hairs are darkened, um, you know, that they kind of use that as, as one of the, um, you know, for more of a, um, more of a, psychoactive effect I don't know hundred percent about that not something I'm hundred percent into but then they say 90 percent to hundred percent of the hairs being darkened it then that kind of gives a more sedative or sedative effect um, more of a coach lock hide but again haven't haven't tested that but that's what the Webernets are saying <laughs> on this stuff um, well, it has to be true you though. know yeah, well, it must be true if it's <laughs> on the way, But you also made uh, a point earlier when you were talking uh, a little bit about the first part yeah. Um, with, with regards to the fan leaves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the condition of the fan leaves is something else that you have to really take into consideration, right? Uh, and the overall health of the plant. Um, and when you've completed your flush, right, you don't want to wait too long. Um, after you've completely flushed the nutrients, like waiting in two weeks, three weeks after your flush is completed can, can bring too much stress to the plant and you could end up having more problems. But um, just a f- just just a few points I wanted to uh, mention there. What were you going to say, Bajay?
1: The only thing I was going to add
0: is when you aren't able
1: to see the trichomes and the and the heads of the trichomes, uh, this is a little answer. Somebody had asked the question in one of the gardening groups and I had said this. Uh, when the trichomes transition from clear to opaque, cloudy, is when the flower has reached its highest potency. As the trichomes begin to degrade, they will turn amber. The more amber, the more sedation the high will feel, and the more couch lock. Some harvest when 50% amber, maybe even more, and some ha- harvest before there's any amber. Many, from my experience, wait until there's a 5-10% to 10%, uh, Degradation and they turn amber before they harvest. Uh, but now Ray, you tend to enjoy more of a, a couch lock effect, so you tend to like more amber. So you do it around fifty or sixty percent
0: uh, amber. Is that right? No, no. I, I'm more of a psychoactive, you know, upbeat. So I shoot for a hundred percent cloudy. Oh yeah, you don't do, you don't like any amber. Well, it's not that I don't like any amber. I you know that while it's dr- while it's drying. It's gonna, it's gonna continue, continue to, to break, break down, and that's and that's gonna give me my five percent, ten percent amber by the time it's done, right? Gotcha. So, but yeah, no, I, I'm all about the psychoactive uh, uplift. Like, you know, I'm a busy guy, uh, not more. You want to keep your above. productivity up, right? Exactly. You got it. Exactly. I want to be motivated to continue, not um, wanting to bust open a, a bag of a whoppers, say, <laughs> and just eat the whole bag. Judge me not, <laughs> so (laughs) we know how you we know how you feel about the whoppers i'm weak but i'm weak (laughs) yeah and of course you got to count your days and count your weeks right like you got to know this stuff uh you got to write it down you know that that day whatever you consider day one as you got to write that down that way you kind of gotta you know you, you you'll know for a ballpark but you know, back to your spreadsheet that you keep there with all this information too, Bache. This is key, right? And I just want to kind of hit that point, right? Next time you run this or next time somebody else runs their genetic for the second time, if they keep note of this stuff, you'll be able to more fine-tune your flush time on your next crop, right? By knowing when, what happened when you grew it the first time. And we learn and, and remember this stuff through through documentation, and it's just, just a key point that we can't keep stressing, um, because you know getting fine-tuned uh, allows you to uh, to really have a great chance at a home run like we've covered in previous episodes Absolutely. anything else you want to hit there Apache uh
1: no I think that's pretty much it I except I just want oh it, it's that time hang on oh
0: lord he's smelling his jar okay oh, that's so sweet
1: oh just <laughs> it it,
0: it Fills my nostrils
1: and tingles the hinge of my jaw. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mama, that's so good.
0: <laughs> and that's Thelma and Louise that your nose deep in over there.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's the way to put it. Yeah, I uh, Thelma and Louise. Uh, I name my plants, so uh, they are smelling so good. Oh my goodness, so they've been curing for a couple of months now, and in two liter glass mason jars with hygrometers in there, so I know the temperature and the humidity, and there's a two-way humidity control pack. Um, So everything is just dialed in perfectly, and I just couldn't be happier. And sometimes, if you're feeling a little stressed, you see things online that just are annoying, Um, you don't even necessarily have to smoke. You can just go down, pop the lid off uh, one of these jars, and just have a whiff, and oh, man, it smells good.
0: Well, and so I'm very happy to know that you're that impressed. So, um, oh. many many more happy sniffs to you. and Thelma, and Louise, I hope they retain their moisture so your nose can have just as much fun moving forward. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, so, you know, um just wanted to talk a little bit about uh the mint chocolate chip and the aroma from that. Um picture this being in an African safari <laughs> and Okay, hang on, hang on, I gotta close my eyes. Okay. Okay. Is it rainy or Afri- sunny? It's beautiful out. Here. Okay. There, there's a, there's, a, there's a slight breeze, just enough, keep the you know, to carry away. just enough to keep the mosquitoes yes. away and carry, carry that light sweat away from your arms. Oh no, yeah. You're in you're in a African safari car and you're driving through the whatever it is they drive through when they're on a safari, <laughs> and the dust is kicking up and you stop and you jump out of this vehicle. Although the sign says don't. Wait, that isn't <laughs> telling me. I'm not jumping out of a safari. Okay And there, you happen up, you happen upon a wildcat, and you take your your index finger and your middle finger and you stick them up the wildcat's ass and pull them out and smell them. The story has gone south quick <laughs> okay and, and 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 that is the mint chocolate chip. Um, are you in sales <laughs> No. <laughs> I, no, I am not. So that's how I feel about that.
1: All right. Okay. <laughs>
0: wow. Uh, awesome. So look, we're gonna keep it. Uh, we're we're gonna keep the episodes to about this this time moving forward. Um, you know, we're gonna cover uh, a topic each week and bring in guests when we can. You typing um, away there? So no, actually, uh, I'm looking to get her wrapped up here. We just had a real big rainstorm, uh, and what you're hearing are the raindrops hitting wow. my air conditioner. So super loud, and it's probably just going to become a nuisance moving forward. But um, we'll be back again next week uh, covering some more uh, cannabis conversation. Once again, my name is Ray. And I'm Pache. And join us next week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. And please check us out at www.planttherapy.live. Have a great night, everybody. Good night.